Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. It's not fun to get stuck on vacation when it actually happens to you. No, it's like, for sure. I want to go home. Keep this in mind. Approximately 235 million tourists took an international trip during the first three months of this year. That's insane. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Let's face it, nothing is more top of mind right now than what and where we're going next weekend. With me today is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam to talk summer travel. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Always love chatting about travel tales and tips and what's coming down the pipeline at RDU, too. Melissa loves having something planned and in the distance to look forward to. That's facts. But our July (laughs) issue out this week is littered with buzzy travel stories from exciting news you can use on RDU changes, tips and tricks for getting and handling passport pain, (laughs) to our feature on summer road trips. Uh, Leaning into sort of a choose-your-own-adventure theme, whether it be water sports, lake life, camping, history, or even an urban escape. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's been a lot of fun um, putting it together. Uh, we also covered in this issue a new surprise road trip travel company, say that five times fast, <laughs> that recently launched locally. So they, uh, it's called Guess Where. Shocking. Uh, cool, cool thing, cool concept, cool name. Um, it was in Canada and then also in a few southern states like Florida and Georgia, and they've launched here. And it just launched, but Raleigh is already picking up a lot of steam. And they basically send you on these surprise, like, road trips with scenic spots that they curate for overnight or weekend adventures. So that's pretty cool. You can read about that. Do you think you could do that? I have some friends. I have. I used to work with a guy who planned these trips for his girlfriend, and she had no idea. And he packed her suitcase. Hear that. 
He packed her suitcase. There is no way I would ever let someone else pack my suitcase to do anything. I'm not that laid back. So the suitcase is a no for me, but the guests swear maybe only because, like, thinking off the cuff, you're probably thinking there's no way Melissa would do that. But when I travel with my girlfriends, and actually Lauren knows this. She's in studio today. Uh, She knows this because when we took a press trip, I did it. I don't know why. I think it's because our lives as editors and publishers are so much about planning everything that when I'm—in the last couple of years when I've gone on trips, I literally, like, just show up. I don't even know, and I walk in the hotel, and I'm like, oh, this is nice, and all my friends are like— you didn't, well, look, you didn't even look at the website. So I'm the same way because I feel like I always have to make decisions yeah. at work. I don't want to make decisions. Yeah. I say, whichever hotel, tell me how much money to send. Yep. Whatever flight, I don't care. Just tell me where to be. I don't want to have to make a decision. But I just, every time I think about somebody surprising me with a trip, I love the surprise destination. I want to pack my own suitcase, though. I think that's, yeah, I think it's funny because also, like, these are people that, sure, they're experts, and they also do a boots-on-the-ground approach, so we should definitely trust them. But I feel like, Mm. you know, I'm more likely to trust, like, my best friend to to, to plan something and then me to show up. But— it is really funny. They sent me um, a gift that was viral viral of, like, somebody planning a trip and then, like, a little penguin on the ground that just, like, walks through the airport like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, but if you don't feel like traveling, we also have some staycation coverage in this issue, yeah, which do. is always fun. We also chatted with RDU about their plans to deliver a slew of new cool things. Our airport is about to get—I mean, we have a good airport. We yeah. really do, and it's about to get a lot better. But keep this in mind, approximately 235 million tourists took an international trip during the first three months of this year. That's insane. Uh, No, what that is, is we're coming off the pandemic. Well, yeah. Where people (laughs) felt trapped. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that makes RDU in hot demand being an international airport. Um, And it also leans right into all the things we're going to talk about, not just the updates, but passport problems, which are real. Oh, God. We've got some personal Personal stories. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And then travel tips and the like. But RDU has put together a 25-year master plan, which on the face sounds boring, but it's the (laughs) stuff you have to do. You have to plan to be able to keep growing and keep up with the growth our city has seen. It includes restaurants improving parking, which we would all love. Yes. And security checkpoints, all that stuff. Yeah, and they have some, um, you know, some runway improvements and then some other things coming to the terminals beyond just dining destinations that but are going to be passenger. But let's face it, if you can help me find a place to park and you can give me a good drink or food in the airport when I have to eat there, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Right? Uh, right. And what, when we talked to them, too, I thought it was interesting that they said that they wanted to add more local North Carolina mm-hmm. flavors to the airport. I think when you travel— Especially if you're doing a layover, you do think about those airports as being identifiers of the city, like Nashville or, you know, especially those. I mean, I guess when I think of O'Hare, I think about it a little less other than all the Cubs gear. But um, I think it's interesting to make the R- the RDU airport, which you've talked about before, be a representation of Raleigh and Durham, you know, when people come through. Well, I just um, had a meeting with uh, Melissa Katrinik from Durham Distillery, mm-hmm. and they have um, they were asked to pitch. And so she gave me a little insight onto what this is like. Oh. So they put together what they consider groupings. They'll say coffee shop, a bar, mm-hmm. restaurant, bakery, and then they have them all pitch for one terminal or the other. And so all the concepts mm-hmm. kind of lean into each other. They're local. And so it was really interesting, all the different people. And you come up with your own concept. You do your own pitch, and then they sort of make the choices. She was chosen—she was originally in the pitch for Terminal 1, mm-hmm. but is going to be 
but was pulled out and put into Terminal 2. So it's official. Durham Distillery will have a 2,000-square-foot-plus Durham Distillery Bar and Lounge. They will serve food. It's amazing. Um, she's getting to create the menu, all the cocktails. They do not operate it. They work with a company that does operations in an airport, but they create just same as uh, La Farm. They do all the creating. Right. And so for people that don't know, like, do you have what? Do any of their other spots dabble in food yet, or will this be the first one? No, and this was a requirement. I figured, yeah. It, yeah, so I don't— Because yeah, there's not any spots in the airport where you can just drink, right? They all have food. I don't— that, I think that's if there's a Delta that, Club or something well, like yes. that. But I think short well, even of— those actually have snacks. Yeah. Yeah. I think this will have real food. But, I mean, she said it's going to be very similar in some ways to Corpse Survivor. Oh, so it's going to have that sort of loungy, yeah. luxury feel to it. It'll she make did you quote. Miss your flight. She did. <laughs> yes, she did quote um, a multi-million-dollar number that it was going to be spent on the space, oh, not wow. by her, but by the airport to create this space. And it's a, I think it's a three-year deal, so it will be there for three years. I love that part. That Forty Second Street was there for I don't know how many years, and that's yeah. coming out, and Scott Crawford's going in. Yeah, I think that is really cool because, I mean, nobody—you never were there and didn't see 42nd Street packed, or at least I never was. Mm. But I love that they know that, you know, let's move different concepts through sure. and give people a taste of different things. And so jumping—springboarding off of that, um, Scott Crawford is opening uh, three, three <laughs> spots there, uh, slated to open uh, late next year. So there's Carolina Craft, Crawford's Genuine, and Butcher's Burger and Bar, all of which we've talked about on a previous episode, but we have a better sense of the timeline now. Well, and and the same along the same lines, Oscar Diaz, um, famous for Cortez, is opening Adios. And he's on our And he's on the cover of our June issue with his Beautiful smash burger. So if yes. you haven't eaten that burger, you must eat it. It's yes. delicious. And if you can still find a June issue, you must. Yes. Yes. But then this is uh, this is funny. This is the big debate because Annabeth and I were just talking about this. So a year ago, I think Lauren wrote—I don't know who remembers which one of us writes things anymore, but I think Lauren wrote an airport update. She talked to the airport much like we're doing this summer. And there was this—the Starbucks at the main terminal when you go down the stairs next to La Farm, so everybody's in the terminal same place, two. is closing. And whatever they said was coming in, BU or black and white coffee roasters. And we— you know, we published the story. It was factual. We, right. It was facts. You know, we fact-checked it. The number of texts and screenshots I've gotten from the airport in the last year of like, it's open, it's closed, it's open, it's closed. Every I'm time like, Brad Grossman with Helium Entertainment, <laughs> owner of Good Nights, comes to the airport, for some crazy reason, the Starbucks is open, and he goes, your podcast is wrong. I'm like, no, it's not wrong, because every time I've gone through the airport— it's closed. Yep. One of in my the best morning when is, I want it. Yeah. One of my best friends is a pilot, and he definitely ribs the shit out of me for this. But in any case, we will give you the update. Fact. <laughs> so, yes, the, uh, black and white coffee roasters will be coming in the spring of 2024 in the former Starbucks, right after you get through security in Terminal 2. And this is news Gina can use. La Farm is, has plans to expand its seating area. So now that she knows that mimosa trick— She'll have more places to go yes. and hang out and drink it. I, all I could think when I was listening to that podcast was, why did we tell the public this? I know. Why did we share that secret about I, sitting at the bar and you can get service? I said, I'll tell you later. And you said, don't I do that. Know. <laughs> I like to I like to share our secrets. But I was thinking to myself, I'll never get a seat at the bar again. Never. Well, um, all right. oh, I'm flying soon. I'll let you know. And yes. BU is the other coffee spot. Right. So, And that one's going to be in Terminal 1 and 2. 
starting mm-hmm. in the next few months. And that one's based in Durham, if you've ever been there. It's a cool little spot in Durham. Yes. And the brewery scene, I mean, let's face it, Bond Brothers, Raleigh Beer Garden, and Lone Rider are all opening places. I mean, that's pretty cool. You could just go brewery hopping at the airport. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and Raleigh Beer Garden is going into Terminal 1. We do know that for sure. And Lone Rider and Bond Brothers are going to Terminal 2. Yes. Yeah. And it's then, confusing. of course, you have the Durham Distillery Bar that you mentioned yes. earlier. So there's a lot going on just on the food and beverage scene. But it's not obviously all about that. Um, Terminal 1 is also getting, because we talked about this, it was just Southwest for so long. Mm-hmm. So uh, Avello, Spirit, and Southwest are all flying out of Terminal 1 now. So that's, you know, they're adding more airlines over there. And I think something that we all thought was really interesting is, like, you fly through other airports and they have pet relief stations. And that's something that RDU is finally in the design phase of building. Um, And the way that I understood it, they were going to be both for service animals and for people traveling with pets. So when I left Raleigh and moved to Chicago, I had a dog. And I had no choice but to fly home with her because I didn't know anybody there, really. And First of all, that was a pain in the ass. Oh, but God. second of all, going to the bathroom was one of the biggest problems. So I think that's interesting that they're designing them for people traveling with pets because the GP doesn't want a pet in the regular bathroom either. So you just, <laughs> like, if you're traveling alone with a dog, going to the bathroom is like, sorry. Okay. So I have to, I have to tell this story. So I am leaving Atlanta, came home for Christmas, flying out on Christmas Day, moving to Phoenix, taking my boyfriend a dog for Christmas that he doesn't know he's getting. I've what? Never, I've never owned a dog. I've never traveled with a dog. Back then. Back then. Yeah. Right. I have yeah. since, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is a collie puppy that is uh-uh. eight weeks old, adorable, stuffed in one of those little carriers, pushed up under the seat. Mm-hmm. It cried from here, from Raleigh to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And she finally was like, you can take the dog out and hold it. I'm like, what if I take it out and I can't get it back in? Yeah. What if it pees That's all over me? I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have not done that again. And so. it's different flight attendants. Um, They almost kicked me off a plane in Chicago. And I had the chillest Maltese in the world. Like, she legit was just like, she was a honey badger. She didn't care about anything. But flying hurt her ears. So mm-hmm. once she knew that, she got she would shake. So one flight attendant told me that I could keep her in my lap until we started to taxi. And then another one came back and was like, oh, it's FAA. They have to be under the seat the whole time. And I was like, the other one said, mm-hmm. and that's all I said. And she was like, oh, you're being ornery. You got to get off the flight. Oh, that just happened to me about going to the bathroom recently. Are you flying serious? Flying to Nashville. Once that I could get up and once that I couldn't. And I felt like the kid whose mom and dad had given you yes. different advice. And I'm like, look. It's not going to be pretty if you don't let me go tinkle. Yes. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. And then the passenger next to me got involved, and I thought they were going to take my side, and they were like, just get off the plane with your dog. And I was like, uh, oh, my God. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. So, listen, be nice to people with pets and who have to go to the bathroom. But um, <laughs> we also got a bunch of different travel tips from them and, like, just through our own research and our own knowledge of traveling. Well, I think, you know, we got a little— lackadaisical, if you will, about arrival times at the airport, you know, during, mm-hmm. especially during COVID for the few people that were flying, you, you eased into that, oh, I can show up an hour before, I can show up 45 yeah. minutes before. Um, those days are over, folks. If you haven't flown and you're planning to fly this summer, um, the the way to, even on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m. can be an hour and 15 minutes at TSA. At least, I think, I'm glad you said that. I think that's the thing people don't Realize because one of the top tips is like take the morning flight, right? Mm-hmm. And then people think, oh, I'm flying at 6 a.m. Who else is going to be doing that? Everybody else who's taking We're the top tip, right? And if you want to get, because you just said this to me last week, if you're going somewhere where you actually want to have some time to hang out once you get there, then you ha- and Raleigh isn't flying direct there, yes. then you have to take that 7 a.m. to get there by like 3 
as opposed to getting there at night. So we're not going to disclose a whole lot, but Melissa and I may be flying somewhere together. Um, in May. De- no, we are. Shh. In December. <laughs> and um, the, they sent us some flight information. It was 5.45 a.m. Yeah. That's and Melissa's obviously not a morning person. No. And she's like, if it just said 6.15, I think I'd be okay. I'm like, but just think, we're going to get there early. And we have the whole day. And then we fly back at noon three days later. If it's considered international, then I have to be there at 2.45 a.m. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that we're just not going to bed. Apparently, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yes, there are tips. Obviously, arriving early is one of them. Carrying on was another one I thought was interesting. Uh, do you do that? I do. I am the person who is pushing the end. I overpack for everything. Not a huge suitcase, but if it's it is your carry on, you can rest assured mine is not going to fit in that little tiny <laughs> measuring <stuffed>. thing. <laughs> the last couple of times they've pulled mine off once you get to the gate, which I like. I do like that. That's you know it makes it on the plane and yep. then you get to grab it right when you come off. Yep. Oh, and actually our intern Heidi just told us when she got back she had that, remember? And then mm-hmm. the bag was damaged and then that was Ugh. all part of the story is like, oh, what do you do with a damaged bag? So it's the airline. It's not right. the airport. Right. So that's another fun fact. Um, and then this one I like, if you're not going to make your flight, you should alert the airline because first of all, there's people on standby um, who can take your seat and it's the people on the phone that are going to be the quickest to help you. I was flying somewhere... Um, Oh, we were going to the State Notre Dame game. We are flying to Chicago, mm-hmm. and I was sitting next to my aunt who had been traveling around the world for her job for years. And so they start telling us the plane's injured, whatever, right? Like we're <laughs> sitting there. Yeah, we're sitting there for hours, and that's the worst. On the tarmac, you mm-hmm. cannot get up. But anyway, she starts calling American Airlines from the plane. And so when we got when they did finally say we're not we're going to have to get off this plane and get a different one, everybody flight. else goes to the gate, and we went and got on a different flight. So it is a true tip, and, like, that's always—I've now seen other people in my family do that. Like, everybody else is going to the gate and staying in line, and then other people are, like, going to make a call, and then they're getting a flight. Well, and I think there's some benefit. I've never been good about this. I shop flight based on price. I'm cheap about that. Well, me too, yeah. But I have friends who don't fly anything but Delta, and the reason for that is— They've got miles. They are frequent flyer. And so when they complain or they need to change flights, they get better treatment than I would. So there's a a case to be made for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a case to be made for that. I don't fly enough for that to be an issue. I do fly American because I have miles. But if I wasn't going somewhere, I also really like direct flights. So (laughs) then I start shopping around. Who doesn't? Right. Exactly. Um, And canceled flights. You You had sort of some interesting stories on like Intel You know, I mean, I think there is, and this is going to be, this is part of the story, um, some tips on you're sitting at the gate and they go, oh, there's been a problem and your flight's going to be delayed two hours. There are certain things that you can walk to the gate and say, very certain words you're supposed to use, that they will pick up your lunch. Yeah. That if you're going to be delayed overnight— I mean, they know what you—if you say this, this, and this, then they're going yeah. to make accommodations for you and pay for your overnight. Right, some perks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it's somebody who's just whining and complaining, they're not necessarily going to do it. And um, so we're going to share that, and it's, it's in the story for you to take a look at. I think it's good advice, and I also think, worst case, go to Twitter. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As long as Twitter's still around. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, it was a, a travel hack to just tweet at the airlines, but I'm not sure that's still going to be working as yeah, well. Yeah, who knows? And you actually missed an international flight? I did miss an international flight. Um, this is just stupidity. We were, <laughs> I mean, I was 
many moons ago, but I, when I lived in Phoenix, we were flying to Cabo San Lucas, which is a, about a 45-minute flight, but it's still considered an international flight. Oh, wow. So we just yeah. went to lunch. We dragged it out, had a few drinks, rolled into the airport less than, I think it was le- even less than an hour. And they're like, nope. And we're like, but the plane's still here. They're like, no. You weren't here in time. You have to be a minimum. And this was many moons ago. Oh, yeah. But you had to be there a certain time. I'm like, I don't get it. You've got our paperwork. You've got everything. Yeah. So we didn't. And that's the worst. You're packed. You're in vacation mode. You've had a few cocktails. You're ready to get on the plane. It ain't going to happen. Well, so there's also a cutoff for checking your bag that yes. that just reminded me of that we've we've gotten really close to before on those morning flights because you don't expect the lines to be so long. And then a couple of years ago, right before COVID, I was in Aruba. And so Aruba is sort of known to not get hurricanes. But when there's hurricanes around, obviously it affects the flights. And so there was a massive hurricane coming through. And nobody was really worried about Aruba, but everybody's flights started getting canceled all around us. Like all the other, you know, because you're hanging out at a resort with other people and they're like, our flight got canceled. So we're checking ours and we're fine. And same thing, we have to get up at like 3 a.m. or whatever. And as we're getting up to go home, so we're in Aruba, um, the phones start ringing. All three or four phones start ringing, texts, calls, Mm -hmm. flights been canceled. The crap of it was they closed the Miami airport the day before. They never alerted us. That's where our plane was coming from. Maybe they were trying to get a different plane. Who knows? But anyway, so then we called the airlines. We knew to do that. And they told me I couldn't come home for two weeks. There wasn't going to be another flight out of there for two weeks because it's not a large island and now everybody's trapped. You know, I did manage to get out that day and my friends got out the next day, but it was a lot of phone calls to different airlines. And then the credit card actually reimbursed me, but they did not. So two of us got reimbursed for our credit cards and two didn't. So it's interesting to check like how you book it. Yeah. Well, we when I was on my honeymoon, again, a long time ago, we were in Bonaire when American Airlines went on strike, and that's who we were flying home with. And they were like, just stay. It's probably going to be another five days. And you're like, um, not sure I can pull that one off. We'd already been down there yeah. like 10 days. So it was like, nope. It's funny because people had just, something had just happened and people were like, oh, it would suck to get stuck on vacation, really? right? Like you have bigger problems. No, it does suck. It, yeah. I was crying because I have a job. I yeah. have a dog. Your boss is not going to look the other way if yeah. you just don't come home. I didn't, and I don't take my, fun fact, I don't usually take my laptop on vacation because I don't want anything to happen to it. Right. So I couldn't just be like, oh, I live in Aruba now and I work from here. <laughs> Plus nobody was paying for that resort. Oh, yeah. They were like, we'll fly you home for free in two weeks, but who was going to feed us and oh. houses. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, no. Yes. It's not fun to get stuck on vacation when it actually happens to you. No. It's like, for sure. I want to go home. Well, and speaking of that, passports, I have let mine expire. Even <laughs> done, though, done, done. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I am in that process. I have gone and done all the paperwork, paid all the money. Um, you had kind of an adventure with getting your passport. Yeah. This summer, Renewed. passport stories in our office are they're yeah. just in our office alone. But so I've had some trouble. Um, I tried to renew mine. I knew that it was expiring in October. So I actually wanted to start over Christmas and did. Uh, one of the friends of the magazine, um, Lisa Raleighwood Media, she's like, oh, you can do it online. They're well, Lisa's doing this. got the best story ever. Yes. Oh, hers is good. Lisa goes on her honeymoon, passport in hand, and arrives in Miami to fly on to some island. And she and her new husband, his passport's valid. Hers is not. It's expired. 
So they no no honeymoons. <laughs> they just talk about putting your marriage, marriage to the test yes, right exactly immediately. <laughs> test number one is massive. Do I leave her or do I stay? But that's what happened. So they got married in October, and then we were at your Christmas Eve party, and somehow it came up, and I was like, I'm going to renew this now. I'm not waiting. Well, here we are. But anyway, so she's like, Well, after this happened to me, I found there was this program you could do it online through the through the Department of State, whatever. So I start doing it, and I get all the way to the part where they need the picture. And I didn't know how to do that part. Like you, you, I do not recommend taking it yourself. There no. are very strict rules. No. And so I just kind of was one of those things was on my to do list for weeks. And then I got an email the day before I had it on my calendar to go that was like, this pilot program has ended. We were <sighs> using it to like get research and it'll come back online because it was successful, but we don't know when. So I had to start all over. And then I mailed my passport off and then they mailed it back to me. <laughs> Not a new one. And they were like, sorry, you didn't pay. And I was like, yes, I did. No. So this was one of our tips. The scams are real. Yes. So I was on the Department of State. I am not an idiot. I was on the Department of State website. I printed the PDF. Well, I filled out the form and printed it. And then it said, you can expedite, which we knew. But it was like a click link for me to expedite, which took me off that site. Right. And I didn't realize it. And then, yeah. So ultimately, Make I did not pay. Make an appointment. Go to the post office. Yep. Do it the— that's well, Department of State. That's what you did. And you, even with an expired passport, will probably get yours before me because we found out you can actually renew it if it's been issued within the last 15 years. Right. So, I, I mean, the pr woman in front of me had never had a passport, so they told her 16-plus weeks, 16 to 20 weeks. And I had my expired passport in hand, and she said, 7 to 9. And I said, are you just saying that to make me feel mm -hmm. good? And she said, when are you thinking of traveling? I said, December, she goes, you'll be fine. I was like, that didn't answer my question. I know, I know. And well, the the worst one is actually <laughs> Lauren was supposed to go to Mexico with her boyfriend, Sean, and he didn't know his passport was expiring in time, I guess. And so he um, tried to renew it and they already had the trip booked and it didn't come in time, even though he paid for it to be expedited. So they postponed their trip and then it still didn't come in time. And so they... <laughs> But they only postponed it two weeks, I think. No. So they now have the third date. And fun fact, right before we started recording this, Sean got his passport. <laughs> so they're going to Mexico. <laughs> but, I mean, it, the, the struggle is real. And also the picture, I ended up redoing my picture when I sent it back because— No I've, hair bows. No yeah. bows. No—, no our producer saying the top of your ears have to show. Um, they made me. They made me move my hair. Is what I remember. I, but the first picture didn't. And then when I look back at it, I don't think the first picture would have flown. Oh, my did not even mean to have a pun there. Photo <laughs> is awful. The guy looks at me and he goes, "Stop smiling." And I said, "What?" And he goes, yeah. "You can't smile." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Good, write that." And I was like, mm. "So it's not attractive at all." Well, I doubt that, but it is. It does feel kind of like a prison picture. They're like, you can't smile. They're right in your face. You know, it's like white on fluorescent you know, white, lighting. Yeah, yeah. But I first went to. I mean, I'm just gonna say because it, it was a bad experience. I first went to the UPS store, and it, nothing about it. It was just like, let me put a camera in your face and take your picture. They, the Department of State, ended up telling me that they should have told me that I hadn't paid because, like, when I mailed it through them, and I don't actually know if that's their responsibility, but that's what she said. And then when I went through the post office, then I was recommended to go to CVS, which I, went I think to is Walgreens. where you went. Okay. And, and it felt great. different. Like it was like a whole machine they had they, there and like a screen they pulled down. and $12, so, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we get them before December. I still don't have mine, but I have hope since Sean got his. So. Uh, it will get them. And then I think the, the other one we were just talking about, there's this new trend called skip lagging. I've, I, I didn't know it was called this. I've actually thought about this. 
you know how you, you're looking at where to go and you look at where the layover is and you go, hmm, I'd almost rather go to the layover than where I was thinking about going. Yeah. I mean, in that, and then it's like people intentionally missing their connecting flight. Right. Yeah. And and staying in that layover city. And, and it's a you book a cheap flight that just happens to go through New York or just happens to go yeah. through Chicago where you want to go. It's crazy. I mean, talk about an adventure, but— there was well, definitely some risks involved. So, what? you know, I don't know what the risk would be, though. That yeah. I mean, Annabeth kept saying, Well, they could charge you. I'm like, For what? Not making it to it. You missed your flight. You're the one technically. I mean, I don't see how. I'm, I'm sure they'll get wise to what people are doing if lots of people yeah, do. Yeah. They were talking about it on Good Morning America and they were just explaining it and they were saying there was risks. But I think it's just like despite the risks it could entail. I don't know if they went into very specific risks. So, I guess it's just like, we don't want to. Maybe it's like we don't want to promote this, and then people have a bad experience and yeah, come after don't us. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't <laughs> yeah. listen to us. We are not the exactly. official There's authority. There's risks. There's risks. Yes. <laughs> so rapid fire. I think I know the answer to this question before I even ask it. Where are you flying that you are really excited about in the next little while? Well, not counting where we might be going in December. Um, actually, flying to Charleston. Like I'm in Charleston while you're hearing this. Actually. Um, but my, I know you're looking at me funny. You're flying to yes, Charleston. Yes, I know. Why that's how I feel about it. But my Charleston? parents are going to listen to this, so I have to be careful. Okay. But my, my, it's my dad's 70th, and he chose Aww. Charleston, which is sweet. And he chose flying, and I, you know, they know I don't want to, so I'm not saying anything they don't know. But And there's not a connect. I think if there was a direct flight to Charleston, I would have Where less. Where are you connecting through? Charlotte? Yes, and that's going to answer one of your future questions. I flipping hate <laughs> Charlotte Airport. And so I— um, I was going to ask. Yeah. Anyway, where are you flying that year? I am hoping. I've been wanting to go to Turks and Caicos for a while, and so I'm working on a plan for late oh. summer, sometime before our little—we get a little hiatus. Yeah. A little hiatus, so. Uh, I love that for you. Least favorite airport? Well, other than the one I just mentioned, and I actually have a reason for this other than just—I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the Charlotte Airport, but when I flew to San Diego last summer— I appreciate that the layover times aren't long because let's go. Mm -hmm. But the lines in all of the places there in that part of the airport that I tend to always land in, I guess when you're flying American, um, is, or I think we were flying Southwest, but the lines were out the sea stores, like down the aisle. And this is just you're for a bag late. of chips. Yeah. And we were flying to San Diego with no food, flying through Charlotte to San Diego. It was, by the time we are going to land in San Diego, it would have been midnight here. You couldn't even buy food on the flight. Mm. You know how before yeah. COVID you could, like, buy a sandwich? And then because there was 45 minutes between flights, there was no way to get f food in Charlotte. And it's just busy. There's nowhere to sit. I just—I'm not a fan. But otherwise, I also hate Miami. Not the city, just the airport. Yeah. I— You like that one? I—, I I haven't. I don't go through Charlotte very often. I have friends who drive from here to Charlotte because they like direct flights, like to Vegas. Don't get that. I'm not trying because at the end, when I get off the flight, I don't want to have to then get in the car. Yeah, same. But they do that a lot. I I don't. Huh. Um, What's yours? You know, Miami was going to be mine, and oh, I and I okay. the city I loved, yeah. and I have a great travel story. A great video from a travel story of not making a flight and doing the run through the airport. Literally, the football, you know, <laughs> the last 20 yards trying to get to the gate before they close the door. I would love to have seen that. Um, yeah, I was not happy. It was a big birthday event, and everybody's on the plane except me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Miami airport. No. I, no. Somehow, every time I'm there, it's like so I'm in the very last gate that you have to walk a mile yes. to. It's just—and there's—is there a tram? I don't feel like there is. I don't. But, I, you know, I— 
I have a lot of friends who don't like Atlanta, and I love Atlanta's I airport. Too. I think it's efficient. I get it. It's mammoth, and I get you get off the plane, and you might have to, you know, go yep. hop on the tram and go far, but it's very efficient. They know how to move people, and I think they do a good job. I love that one, and I know a lot of people hate O'Hare, but I love it. I love it, but I, I mean, I there's more than one airport in Chicago, and so if you live there and you know how they both work, like— I think most people would prefer O'Hare. I know it's big. I did so about a $60 so Uber ride from O'Hare when I realized I could have flown into Midway and I would have been closer to— Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I learned that Proximity. lesson the hard way. Yeah. Worst travel experience? You might have to go first. I mean, you might have stumped me. I mean, I'm sure I've got one. But. Well, I've got two. The Miami running through <laughs> the airport. <laughs> Literally, it's my birthday. It's not somebody else's birthday, and I'm not going to make the plane. The other one is sitting on the— on, <laughs> Sitting on the runway for four hours, no water, no air, mm. um, not knowing if you're getting on or off, if it's ever going to take off, no information, and I was pregnant. And that was absolutely miserable. Yeah, that sounds awful because yes. I think that's what I was I was going to say is just any time where you're sitting on the runway. That one I mentioned earlier um, in Chicago, we were on the runway for probably as many hours as By you By law, they have, should have to give you water. They should have to let you go to the bathroom after a certain point, too. That's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, and then I think having your flight canceled when you're on vacation and not having any recourse yeah. or knowing what to do was, yeah. and not being in the country. But at least it's travel. Exactly. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.